On the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Yeah, just uh, when he was on time, he was money. You know, he threw some great balls uh, all over the place. He ran and scrambled and made some plays that way. Um, and then I think the obvious was, and it's not at all picking up, which is natural for a young guy, was just late on a few throws that cost him. You know, they cost us. You, you, you know, the, you know, when you're late, sometimes a young quarterback wants to see it too well or too thoroughly. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that, that extra half a second is what gets it tipped or gets the guy step in front and get it, you know, and, that's very uh, understandable and very common for a young guy that hasn't played a lot. And, uh, and you know, I don't care what anyone says, practice is different from games. Um, the game speed is always different, and that, that, that other half a second is going to get you. And it, it, it got him a few times because there were some spots, different guys were had a chance at it if it, the ball was a little earlier. Bob Stoops yesterday on the rush talking about the positives from uh, Jackson Arnold's performance last week in the Alamo Bowl. Travis, last time you and I were on air together, there were some that uh, were wanting Jackson Arnold to be processed <laughs> via the transfer portal on the postgame show uh, at about midnight after that one. Yeah, it wasn't uh, the most fun postgame show ever, but hey, we got a lot of reaction from it for sure. Have we calmed down a little bit in the day since that, uh, all right, there were some positives in that game, and we can uh, take away some positives from that Alamo Bowl performance from Jack Schnorl, even though, yes, he turned the ball over way too many times? Yeah, yeah, I think we can. I, I, I think, you know, I think there's an understanding about how good Arizona really was going into that game. And, you know, we try to say, you know, this quarterback's really good. Well, quarterback, receivers, they were – they were great, and I think where I've kind of landed, Tyler, now that kind of the dust has settled a bit, is this is kind of what we said all year, wasn't it? And I said it in the pregame or earlier that day. said, look, Jackson's going to make mistakes. He's a freshman. Like, he's going to make mistakes. And the thing is, he's going to flash the five-star talent, and, and I think that's what was important. Look, Jackson's talent – is there. It's undeniable. It was there all season behind Dylan Gabriel. But what did we say about Dylan Gabriel and why he was the unquestioned starter? His decision-making. Yep. And the offense is an RPO offense. It is wholly reliable or reliant on your decision-making. Do I hand the ball off? What is the defense showing me? This, that, and the other. Well, Jackson doesn't have those reps yet. And as he continues to get those reps and as he gets through spring practice with the ones, like he'll just have a better understanding of it. There were times, Tyler, where you just he should have handed the ball off, and he didn't, and it ended up being a pick. They would show him one thing pre-snap and show him another thing post-snap. And he it was just the decision-making. The throws went where he wanted them to go for the most part. It was... Just he just balls that he should not have thrown. No, I mean, it's a good point, and, and kind of what I heard there is what that game showed us is a couple of different things. One, the top-end potential that Jackson Arnold has with the physical tools that he possesses, arm strength, and just his playmaking ability. But that game also, if you needed to further solidify it, that Dylan Gabriel was the right option the entire year. Is that is that fair? 
Like you yes. saw the top end playmaking ability of Jackson Arnold, but also that game was, yeah, you were starting the right quarterback the entire year, even though not everyone thought that that was the case at some points during the season. Well, I just I just hope people and hopefully it uh, hopefully it continues, Tyler. Hopefully this is something that we remember next time we want just a five star to get on the field just due to the sheer upside and say, hey, look, maybe the guy. I'll give you an example, Tyler. Woody Washington. Woody Washington played a lot of football. A lot of decision making needs to be made back on when he's uh, playing corner back there. Now there there might be a kid that comes into this class that's like, look, this guy's bigger, stronger, faster than Woody. He needs to be playing. Well, that's not everything. That's not everything. Everybody and their mother knew that Jackson Arnold had a had a bigger, better arm than Dylan Gabriel. Well, Dylan Gabriel put up a unanimous first team All Big Twelve. Uh, season, one of the best seasons in the country of any quarterbacks, not only just the Big 12, but any quarterbacks. And, uh, and yeah, it's it's just not just a physical talent game. You've got to be a good decision maker. 405 says, Bob Stoop sure knows how to relieve Sooner Nation stress. Jamie in Whitehouse says, Jackson Arnold is going to be a star. 405 says, not Jackson Arnold's fault. It was coaching's fault for not starting him in place of DG. Once we lost and was unable to make the playoffs knowing DG was leaving, we should have went with Jackson Arnold. And that's just, to me, that's a big disagreement mm, there. Yeah, I'm not Yeah, I'm not there on that. I mean, I, I simply, especially in the transfer portal era, Tyler, I don't think that you can tell your locker room full of seniors, full of guys that came there to improve their draft stock. I can't tell, I don't think you can tell that locker room Look, we're going to go ahead and shut down our unanimous, uh, you know, all Big Twelve quarterback um, because we don't really care about the rest of this season and your guys' success and development. We're more focused on next year. So the guys that uh, you know aren't going to be here next year, you guys don't really matter to us anymore. Yeah. Like that's that's what it would. I think it would feel like in the locker room, and it would be tremendously difficult to retain a lot of dudes. I don't think a lot of dudes – we've had six defensive veterans choose to come back. I bet we don't have that happen. And I think it becomes extremely difficult to recruit in the transfer portal if you tell all the all the last-year guys that you don't matter to the team anymore. Well, okay, was it a disappointment when they lost the second game and that essentially ended their chances at a college football playoff, which I guess looking back at it now, maybe you could have argued it was after – it was they were over after the first loss, but certainly after the second loss, OU's playoff chances were over. But that wasn't that wasn't the end of the year. Like that wasn't the end of the right. You still had a chance to play for a Big Twelve championship game and get to a New Year's Six bowl game. Travis, you still had the chance of that, even after your final game, regular season game was complete, because Oklahoma State and BYU didn't play until the next day. Correct. So just the thought of ah, we're out of the playoffs. Let's bench. The first team All Big Twelve quarterback, like I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I, I, I can't get there, and I do value the experience, the practice time, the game reps that Jackson Arnold got in the Alamo Bowl. I think in the long run that's going to be a good thing, but e- even like looking back at it now with the ability of hindsight, no, I, I do not wish that Jackson Arnold would have started the final two games of the year. Well, and also let let's just let's go down this rabbit hole, right, Tyler. What if Jackson Arnold has the performance against Arizona in the regular season? I mean, what what kind of you thought the postgame show was bad? What kind of postgame show are we having if that happens 
in the season, I think I think the wheels absolutely come off. We're a national laughing stock at that point. Dylan's going. I mean, half the team's going. What? What do we? Why did we bench Dylan in order to do this? What? Why? What are we doing? And also, these last two games on purpose. The guy making that decision, who ultimately makes that decision, like it, it's not just some throwaway thing where if you lose an extra game or two with a freshman quarterback, that nobody cares about those losses, and that doesn't matter to the fans or the administration. Like, dude, just have a, had a six and seven season as his first year as the head coach. It was important for him moving forward to have a 10-win season. And and maybe he's not on the hot seat if they go 8 and 4 or 9 and 3, but 10 and 2 helps the job security for sure. Like no one after a 6 and 7 season is just going to say, "All right, let's give our team a less chance to win by putting in the freshman quarterback and benching the all Big 12 first team quarterback." Like no, no, you don't well, you don't do that. Well, and not only not only that, Tyler, recruiting. I mean, how much easier is it to recruit to Oklahoma under a 10-win bounce back as opposed to an 8-win bounce back? Yeah, I think it's tremendous. I think a lot of people are waiting and saying, all right, let's 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 see what this turnaround looks like. Like, And you talk about momentum going into the SEC. Ugh. You go in as an 8-win team losing your last two games because you decided that, you know, every senior on your team didn't matter anymore because, uh, you know, you were out of the playoff. I think that's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, someone saying, to y'all's point, we beat uh, Arizona with DG, says Guy from Parts Unknown. And let's see, 405, anyone wanting Jack Arnold gone after one game should be made to walk down Bourbon Street with Oklahoma gear on by themselves after LSU plays there. No, I don't no. know if I'd wish we don't want anybody getting hurt, you know? Man. <laughs> we don't want anybody getting hurt, you know. I mean, uh, but, yeah, it's – I do agree that that Dylan Gabriel we likely beat Arizona, but that just that wasn't an option. He's off to Oregon, and and uh, I believe what is day to day he starts school today. No, he arrives in Oregon today. Um, I think he starts school actually very soon. So he's arriving in Oregon today, and wasn't an option. But again, it's best case scenario of all the games, Tyler, that you want Jackson Arnold to get some some live bullet experience. It's a game that's it's a bowl game. That's the one you want, right? Yeah, I, I just I, – well, and with the practice time, I, I think who started at quarterback this year, it, I think it worked out for the best. You had your best option throughout the first 12 games of the regular season, and you, you got the true freshman three weeks before and the game experience there. So I think all in all, it, I think it worked out for the best. I, I don't know if the future will be able to tell us if that's the case or not, but just, just my opinion on things, they had, they had the best quarterback playing for – or at least starting every single game in the regular season. Uh, transfer portal, real quick before we hit a break. Caden Woolard is on campus today. Nine and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, 41 tackles this past season at Miami of Ohio. The number 42 player overall in the portal, according to 24-7. He has a photo outs with Bates and Chavis on his visit today. And the feeling's been pretty good between Caden Woolard and OU for the past week. And... I uh, I wouldn't guess today's going to change that. I, I I would guess that OU's got to be the the favorite to land the uh, Miami of Ohio defense event. One, well, I believe, I think it was his father's Twitter account uh, that was tweeting about how much he already loves Chavis and about how you know I think he quote tweeted actually Chavis on uh, on one of them. He's like the conversations we've had with this guy have been incredible. Like I mean it it. The, the vibes are, are very good right now. And when you see him in a uniform, like, 
the vibes only get better and better. There's there's no way. I don't care if he's crying in the picture. When you see him in a Sooners uniform, it, it only helps the vibes, man. Yeah, and so uh, who, who else? Casey Thompson still feels like a likely scenario uh, coming in as a – well, not as a scholarship guy. Get, getting his school paid for through, through NIL most likely. So, so that one could happen soon. And then you've got the uh, Purdue defensive end outside backer, Nick Scorton, supposed to be in on the six. Well, I mean, he's a Bryan, Texas native. Bryan's right by College Station. Uh, he's visiting A&M today, Florida State tomorrow, Missouri on the 5th, OU on the 6th. So you got a visit for him, from him. We'll see if he makes it to OU on, uh, on January 6th. But he led the Big Ten in sacks this past yeah. year. Yeah. I, I, hey. I like that he's got a visit planned. Uh, I do not like that he's going to two NIL factories and a school that just put a transfer from Albany in the first round. So, uh, I mean, I'm glad he's got a visit scheduled. Am I confident in that visit happening even? Probably not, but I'm, I'm ready to be pleasantly surprised, Tyler. Elsewhere in the portal, it seems there's more and more confidence that Jake Roberts could be a part of the roster next year. Blake Smith, tied in at OU, hopped in the portal last night, or at least that was announced last night. Uh, there's just more and more buzz for Jake Roberts to to end up in this portal class, and maybe something changes here, but, boy, it sure feels like it's moving in that direction, especially after Blake Smith hopped in the portal. Yeah, and that's the you know the, the little writing on the wall, the little, the little hints, things like that. Yeah, when you see dudes – Enter the portal, those are likely because of conversations, especially this time of the year, Tyler. Like, you know, it wasn't with the first group of portal guys that were like, all right, it's not like a Jason Llewellyn situation where, you know, he was being negative in the year and he's like, all right, I'm out of here once I can get out of here. And he goes like, this is a situation where, okay, time has passed. Now all of a sudden he jumps and we're after, you know, right after another tight end with, with Oklahoma ties, uh, gets in the portal. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Five eight zero says any chance we can get Will Howard so JFA can learn a bit more? Uh, no, they no. are no. He's uh, he's going to visit Ohio State soon. He's visited Miami and USC. Apparently, he's also thinking about the NFL draft. I would say Will Howard. You need to think more about college football next year. But I uh, sounds like there's some confidence from the Ohio State side that that could get done. Yeah, and I, I would – let's put it this way. If we brought in somebody and told Jackson, hey, look, we want you to learn another year, I don't think Jackson is a Sooner. Like, it, this has been the plan for Jackson to take over in 2024, and there are about, I don't know, 120 teams maybe that would want Jackson as their starter going into 2024. Well, yeah, and what and however so. you feel about Will Howard, um Will Howard's not coming or he's not going anywhere to be a backup. No. So just on both he's sides. He's not even going anywhere to compete for a job. So you would have to get to get Will Howard, you would have to guarantee him a starting job, which loses you Jackson Arnold. And and also I don't think Jackson needs another year to sit behind somebody. I let him go. Let him learn the offense. Let him spend the spring and let him showcase some of that talent. I know uh, the schools that I just mentioned do need quarterbacks for next year because of what's happened to them in the portal. It's still wild to me that Will Howard's got a chance to, or probably even an offer to be the starter at USC and Ohio State next year, after essentially getting replaced by a younger quarterback this year at Kansas State. Yeah, it's 
<laughs> I guess what I guess uh, what uh, Avery Johnson's first start. I think it was technically in the bowl game, but it sounds like that was the scenario of hey, we want to go with the, the young guy here moving forward. Well, and I know that especially you know you and Teddy talked about Will Howard a lot last year, and about how man all Will Howard does is go in there and win football games. I did not expect Will Howard to be like you know the 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 prize of this transfer portal session i know that dylan went to oregon you know i know that uh um oh who ended up at uh who ended up at notre dame um geez who did end up at notre dame it was a uh, portal quarterback every single year yeah and it was one of those where he entered the portal and then everybody knew okay this is oh it was uh it it had to have been an acc quarterback oh my gosh this is really gonna bother me man who uh notre dame ended up with it was one of the first names uh, Max Johnson ended up at North Carolina. I'm, I, I can't oh, text line. Will let us know here. <laughs> what an ultimate brain fart. Yes. But I mean, even with that, like with different dudes, like entering the portal, I mean, Cam Ward had his kind of day in the sun before he decided to go to the NFL instead of pick between Miami and Florida state. But man, Will Howard is the prize of the portal right now. Golly. What a weird year. Riley Leonard, of course. That's who it was. From oh, Duke. from Duke, yeah. Jeez. They like them. They like them. I know. They just they, they like them some ACC. Uh, I, I mean, I, they're kind of a member of the ACC. So they just think it's their right to get good <laughs> ACC quarterbacks in the offseason to come play for them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, though, because, you know, all this tampering talk. You know, you know the tampering people. The tampering people have been Missouri, especially with pride out of Clemson. Um, USC Lincoln always, you know, gets gets pinned as a guy that uh, that tampers a lot. You know, you've got all you've got these schools. Oregon obviously gets the the reputation of a tamperer. Tyler, we're two seasons in a row where a quarter a top quarterback entered the portal and everybody was like, oh man, he's going to be great at Notre Dame. Like, and, no, and nobody's like, oh man, Notre Dame tampering. Like the most obvious tampering jobs over the last two years have been Notre Dame at the Notre Dame quarterback room. And nobody tags the Catholics as most tampering. Boy, I really can't wait for this next four-minute break to see all the jokes that just uh, happen on the text line based on what you just said about uh, Notre Dame and and that whole situation. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be flying. 405-651-3439 is the Knippel Byers Chevrolet text line. You guessed it. More college football next right here on The Ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Rightway Insurance is an independent insurance company, which means they work for you. They can use their network of providers to search for better coverage and a better deal for your life. Until OU men's basketball plays its next game. That's Saturday at home against Iowa State, the number 11 ranked OU men's basketball team. I know that it's three days, 33 minutes, and 21 seconds until OU plays its next game because I have the Chick-fil-A countdown clock sitting right in front of me. Chick-fil-A, 12th Avenue in Norman, your game day headquarters. Sandwiches and nugget trays with tea and lemonade by the gallon. It's their pleasure to serve you. Delivery, pickup, or dine-in. Eat more chicken. 12th Avenue Chick-fil-A in Norman, 405-310-3189. That's 405 310 3189. We could talk a little hoops here, um, but before we even get to the game on Saturday, I guess there's a prediction log for 
OU to Tulane a top 40 player in the 25 class? Yeah, uh, our, our own Brody Lusk, uh, who covers basketball, uh, Oklahoma basketball for OU Insider, uh, just logged a future cast for Oklahoma to land. Now, here's the name. O-S-W-I-N, and then the last name, I sent it to you, Tyler. E-R-H-U-N-M-W-U-N-S-E. He's Nigerian. Um, he's six foot ten. He's the number 16 player in the 2025 class, and he's been talking about reclassifying, so he could join the 2024 class. Um, I'm going to call him Big O. He's going to need uh, a, he's going to need a nickname. Yes, a nickname is yes. <laughs> probably going to. Toby is going to have a blast. I, that's part of the reason. I hope we land him. I mean, yeah, he's the number 16 player in the class, looking to you know probably reclassify. He's six foot ten. Uh, Porter has been you know. Obviously getting a ton of athletes on the team through the transfer portal and then back-to-back uh, classes with two top 100 players. This one would be maybe his best win yet. But they're battling Providence, who was the early favorite for him, and Creighton. But uh, but it looks like uh, at least Brody Lusk thinks OU is going to close the deal on him. Hey, two wins over Providence in uh, one year would be nice, huh? He was actually in attendance for that game on a visit to Oklahoma, conveniently. Well, that that's, uh, that was a good visit to be on. That kind of boat raced Providence in the second half, and I saw they're in the top twenty-five this week. I think at twenty-three is where Providence is at. Yeah, they beat they blew out Marquette, who was the number six team in the country. They, I think they're they beat Wisconsin, which was a good win. Like they've they've played well, but I think part of it is a lot of people, especially you know OU fans that that might spend a little bit more time paying attention to football, they see Providence and they're like, Providence, who who the heck is Providence? Providence is a good basketball team with a really good basketball culture so uh i'll say this it was cool to have him there for the providence game and the the team played well and i'm sure he enjoyed that and that might have gone into his decision a little bit i mean we've got we talked about the defensive uh, end for miami of ohio that's going to be visiting on january 6th who knows maybe he pops over to the basketball game just another reason to show up to the lnc on saturday and the men and women actually have a double header the women play at noon, and the men play at 6. So what you can do is go to the game you know, at noon and then go have, I don't know, an adult beverage or two, and then only only, only one or two. You, can't, you don't want to go in belligerent. Yeah. And then go back no to the, uh, the men's game because it's the conference opener. We need the LNC rocking. So, yeah, three days away until that one. A uh, guy from Parts Unknown says 241 for football. Golly, that's sobering. 241 more days till the first football game? I'll take your word for it, guy, without yes. uh, Googling how many days between now and August 31st. Will this be the long season, uh, longest offseason ever? Answer, yes, they always are. But especially with the excitement of the SEC coming up. Yep, they're all the longest. The, the, the longest waiting for Brent Venable's first year, that, that felt pretty long. That felt like a long off season, but I can't remember an off season where it just it just flew by. It always it always takes forever for football season to get here. But thanks a lot, guy. Two hundred and forty one. No, I actually appreciate that. But two hundred and forty one more days until the uh, the start of next college football season, and I guess some decisions still have to be made as to who's returning. Dude, this is a loaded quarterback draft class. You've got Drake May and Caleb Williams at the top. Those, those guys might go one and two, but Michael Penix's stock is, is really rising in the draft. Uh, you got Bo Nix, who is available. 
J.J. Uh, McCarthy is yeah. thought to be a first-round pick. Uh, and, and some others that I'm not mentioning. That's why I think, like... Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels winner. as well. Yeah, all he did was win the Heisman this past year. Quinn Ewers, dude, um, I would just think it's in your best interest to come back for another year, but that's that's just me. I think it's in Quinn's best interest to go to Ohio State, but I digress. I, the thing is, Texas fans are already looking to pack his bags after he missed that throw to win the game because he had an open receiver. All he had to do was put that on a line to the pylon, and the game's over. Texas wins. And uh, he decided to throw a uh, – just lob one in there, and the Washington defensive back went up there with some ferocity. Great he looked play. like Chet Holmgren up no, there. That looked like a great play. They, they really want to pack his bags in Austin, though. They want to move on to the, oh, yeah. the Arch Manning era. They want it to begin now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's – the- that's that's what that final drive, at least in the emotion of the moment, uh, definitely came across like on social media. I uh, I did love what Quinn Ewers said after the game in the post game press conference when he said, "quote Most of y'all didn't believe that we would be here right now." In quote, <laughs> yes, Quinn Ewers, as if no one has ever believed in Texas in the off season that they could make it to the playoff. Yeah, that, that's never happened before. Yeah, what did it, I, I guess uh, he, he took a page out of Kirby Smart's book, right? Nobody believed in us. Five and seven, six and six. When Georgia players weren't they saying that after the? They, uh, the they thought we'd lose game six games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone nationally believes in Texas in the offseason. This this year will be no different. I there, there was a way too early SEC rankings list by one of the guys at the SEC Network, Peter Burns. And that guy had Texas number two in the SEC for next year, only behind Georgia. Now, I think that's way too high on Texas. I, I, I say way too high. I, I don't think they'll be the eighth or ninth best team in the SEC, but I don't think they'll be the second best team. So they, they, will, be, uh, they will be valued once again this offseason. I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, weird, just like they always have been. 405, guys, does Arch Manning stick around if they bring back Quinn Ewers? Yes, I think so. That I mean, he's kind of let on that even if he's back, they're they're, they're going to stick around. Yes, yeah, and because because really, I mean, what's the downside if you're Arch? You've already got all the hype in the world. You've got the let's call it pedigree, famous last name. I mean, hang out and play one year of college football, and then go get drafted for all he cares. I mean, right now he's he's making good money. He's chilling. He's the you know he's the cock of the walk. You know he's he can't seem to hold on to his student ID. But other than that, life's going pretty well for young Archibald. So if I'm him, sure, Quinn, come back another year. There was, Who cares? I don't need to prove anything. There was the internet rumor that well, Arch makes more in NIL than Brock Purdy makes as the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. And, and he did shoot down that rumor a few days ago. He's like, yeah, my my parents handle my NIL. That's that's not true. That's not how that's going. Right. I mean, yeah, I the, the whole Brock Purdy thing just it, – it's a whole nother conversation. It cracks me up. It's like, is this guy the MVP? No, he can't be the MVP because it's that or the other. Everybody – he's a system quarterback. Anybody can do that in Shanahan's offense. But he was the – I mean, again, the better he looks, the more I look at Matt Campbell and say, man, Matt Campbell, all he was was just propped up by uh, by by – a really good running back and a really good quarterback, and he's just stealing money. The Matt Campbell I like best is the Matt Campbell that tries to fight the fan after the game earlier this year after the <laughs> the road loss to Ohio. 
That was, uh, boy, that was fantastic. Incredible. Uh, Ewers, he's, he's got a decision to make. I, I think that he'll probably be back if I had to guess. Xavier Worthy is off to the NFL draft. So I think A.D. Mitchell, I, I don't think he has, or I think he does have a, at least another year of eligibility remaining. Uh, he'll have a de- decision to make. I bet J.T. Sanders is off to the NFL draft as well. So if Texas fans want to ship Quinn Ewers, okay, uh, I guess to their point a little bit, he's not going to have the same level of playmakers that he had this year. And they'll still have some guys that can make plays, but if Xavier Worthy's gone, if A.D. Mitchell's gone, if J.T. Sanders is gone, that, that, that ain't going to be easy to replace. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's, okay, you're, you're going you're gonna to lose a lot of pass catchers. That really the biggest part to me, Tyler, is those two defensive linemen, man. Byron Murphy and Sweat, like Tavondre Sweat, like, those were your anchors on the interior. They were game wreckers. And that's what's going to be different to me. Obviously, Colin Simmons is going to be very good. Anthony Hill has already shown flashes of being fantastic. Uh, you're going to have your offensive line returning. You'll be fine at quarterback. But that run defense, Tyler, was huge for them down the stretch and it is not going to be the same without those two big boys in the middle uh, appreciate jay and tulsa on twitter he just tagged us both in a tweet we were talking about nick scorton uh earlier this hour he's the uh defensive end from purdue led the big 10 in sacks he's at texas a&m today i think we said that 20 minutes ago well there's a tweet out there that he has been crystal balled to texas a&m by steve wiltfall so <laughs> <laughs> that one might uh, that one might end before uh, January six even gets here for Nick Scorton to, to make exactly exactly not not not, not, a, not a huge shocker. I mean, he's from right there, just right outside College Station. Um, so I I wouldn't say that I'm all that surprised about it. Right, and and with all the guys that left A and M, especially from that 2022 class, like I'm sure LT Overton and Walter Nolan and and these guys. I'm sure the the they're like, look, we need let's pay this guy. Like we we need we need some we need some bodies back in here, man. Yeah. All right. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Yeah. Nick Scorton from Purdue. Uh, looks like he's been phoned crystal ball to Texas A and M by Steve Wiltfong. So we'll hit the other big news of college football today when we get back right here on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8. Is crying themselves to sleep. Knowing the signs is the best way to prevent bullying. Please just leave me alone. Learn the signs at sandyhookpromise.org. It is the Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Let's get to the big stories of the day in college football. There's Quite a bit, especially with some staff firings. Brian Kelly at LSU, he's fired four defensive staffers today, including the defensive coordinator. This is how it often works. They probably knew at some point during the season they are going to move on from their defensive coordinator and a few position coaches. 
But let's get through signing day. Let's get through the bowl game first. Well, they played their final game on Monday. Here is uh, LSU cleaning house, no pun intended, because their defensive coordinator's last name was House. But we, we've been oh, getting this. Yeah, we've been getting this question a lot today. Well, hey, does this affect uh, Dom McKinley, big time defensive line, his recruitment to LSU? Doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. But LSU's going to have a new defensive staff yeah. next year. I mean, they kept the D line coach that was recruiting him, and I'm sure these conversations were held with him. I mean, there's there's just there's no way. And uh, yeah, that was that LSU defense. Yeah, he needed to go. There's no doubt about that. that that's what made that defense won Jaden Daniels the Heisman. <laughs> they were bad this year, man. They looked at it and they're like, "Oh, with man. that, that guy drug that team to a New Year's Six Bowl." Yeah, give him the Heisman. LSU normally got a pretty good defense, but this year it was bad. Uh, an Ohio State player claimed on a podcast the team didn't practice much prior to losing to Mids uh, Midzu and also made very stunning claims about NIL. The podcast has since been deleted, but yeah, those those claims are are out there that the team didn't practice that much before uh, losing the Cotton Bowl. That, that's a very SEC quote there by an Ohio State player saying, yeah, we didn't practice all that much for the bowl game. Didn't care. Yeah, well, they're not going to uh, – that's not going to slow down any banner hanging in uh, Missouri. Uh, no, probably not. Uh, more staff changes. North Carolina has agreed to part ways with defensive coordinator Gene Chizik. Remember when Gene Chizik, less than 15 years ago, won a national championship at Auburn? Fifteen, Less than 15 years ago, dude. He won a national championship with Cam Newton at Auburn. Has any head coach's stock fall? Well, I guess Ed O's completely out of the game right now. Less Miles. Less Miles as well. But Gene Chizik, Less Miles, Ed Ogeron. Careers did not did not go all that well after winning a national championship. Man. Yeah, it's yeah, it it's it's wild. But hey, somebody's gonna hire him and they're gonna say, National champion head coach. We've got one coming. Like and and he's gonna get paid like you'll eat, you'll feed your family for the rest of your life. You just gotta you just gotta get lu- not get lucky, but you gotta the stars have to align once for you. I guess uh, Gene Chizik wasn't uh, Ted Roof his defensive coordinator for that championship year. I know I know he was there at, at some point during Auburn. Um, was he there that, that year? Sounds about right. I mean, although I think we probably would have made bigger i mean maybe yeah he was there that year i mean yeah yeah he's got a national championship with auburn i remember when uh gene chizik was hired at auburn and he had won three or four games the previous year at ohio excuse me at iowa state not ohio state iowa state and the fans were on the tarmac when the plane landed and were boo we want a winner not a loser tried to boo him off the tarmac and he did win a national championship there on the Plains, for what it's worth, even though it didn't end up all that well after that. Man. It, it, can you imagine, though? Because contracts, like, he was even a couple years early. Like, if he would have done that in 2016 or 2017, speaking of Chiswick, like, he would have got 
he'd he'd be getting paid a hundred and fifty million dollar contract right now. You know what I mean? Like Jimbo's really. You think Auburn would have totally overreacted over just one season, negatively or positively? You <laughs> no. think that sounds like them at all? Well, I'm not Man. sure it would have been at Auburn. I think it would have been kind of like a Jimbo situation. Perhaps. That could have, yeah. Like yeah, it, somebody would just would have been like, "Hey, look, we this guy's got championship pedigree. We want him to run the program." But we, we really didn't see that until Jimbo. I'm not sure, based on how Jimbo went, we ever see it again. But. Maybe they didn't because they didn't have any money left after how much they paid uh, Cam Newton to come there in 2010. <laughs> you <know>? Right. Maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, Brock Bowers has declared for the NFL draft. He announced it on social media. Not shocking whatsoever. Brock Bowers, pound for pound, one of the best football players uh, in college football this year. And, yeah, he'll probably be a first-round pick and go have a nice NFL career for someone as a tight end. He's good. Yeah, and and the timing's right for him, right? Like, tight ends are used in today's game way differently than they have in the past. So, it only makes sense uh, for him to, you know, go high in this draft. I imagine he's probably a top 15, you know, type guy, maybe even top 10, depending on, on how, you know, team needs and whatnot. But, yeah, it's the right timing for him. I uh, I really got tired rather quickly of all the Michigan sign stealing stuff. I'm so glad that we didn't have to cover that story on a on a daily basis. I was I was done with it about a week after it. But I did have to laugh that Connor Stallions was at the Rose Bowl for the Michigan Alabama game this past Monday. Uh kind of a troll there, but Connor Stallions made an appearance. Multiple people confirmed it. I uh, I did find that I did find that quite funny. Very nice. I'd like job. to know I'd like to know some details though. You know what I mean? Like how he got his tickets? If the if there were if there was through PayPal or Cash Same App, accounts. Or, yeah, like, like that. I I want to know some more of the details. If you're gonna see him there, I need some more stuff. Yeah, uh, Tawi Walker going to Wisconsin. We we knew that already. But before we hit a break here, uh, what are the chances that we look at some point next year and say, ooh, this staff's got to regret Tawi Walker getting away, not offering him a scholarship and letting him go to Wisconsin? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, time will tell, I suppose, right, Tyler? I mean, but you've got the number one running back in America coming in. You've still got a very talented Caleb Hicks uh, that's been now in the program for a full year uh, that's got a lot of time left. Uh, obviously, you've got Gavin Sawchuk, and the staff really still believes in Javante Barnes, but Sawchuk is your, is your starter. And then you go get, you know, a highly productive transfer to enter the room. So... I, I, I don't think after four straight years of DeMarco Murray's leading rusher averaging more than six yards a carry, like I don't think we're going to look up in 2024 and go, geez, we, you know what we, you know, we really needed this year. Tawi Walker. It'll be a and tough year if, if we look up and that's the case next year. Yeah. And that's nothing against Tawi. I wish him nothing but the best. I just, I think both things can be true. I think you can wish him nothing but the best and think Wisconsin got a good player. But also, I don't think it's devastating for the running back room, considering what we have coming in, both in recruiting, the transfer portal, and what we already have in the room. John and Blanchard says, we can find a running back that runs a 4-7. Well, there you go. 405-651-3439. We'll hit more Sooners coming up next right here on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. 
GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering is on full display at your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Come take a test drive today and see for yourself. We are professional-grade GMC. Big 12 Conference play is here, and the nationally ranked Sooner Men's basketball team is primed to make... Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I'm pretty jacked for OU men's hoops coming up uh, on Saturday, 5 p.m. against Iowa State. And there's no way that you can complain about what's happened up to this point. Most people didn't pick him to make the NCAA tournament before the year started, Travis. Now they're just outside the top 10 with just one loss and the number 11 team. So you have to be really, really happy with the way that they perform throughout the non-conference portion of the schedule. But the last two games, they just haven't played their best ball uh, coming off of the break here. And they've won both of those games, and they separated in the second half. But I want to see a team starting on Saturday in Big 12 play that maybe starts a little faster in the first half than they have the past couple of games. That's that's what I'm looking at uh, against Iowa State on Saturday. Yeah, and I think that... They're protected a bit due to their athleticism and how deep they are, right? They roll with eight starters, as Porter likes to say. And, I mean, Jalen Moore had maybe his best game of the year uh, in, in the last game. And that's the thing, man. It's hard not to look ahead when you know that Big 12 play is going to be an absolute gauntlet. And not saying that they weren't focused, but I think you're going to see a different, just a different level of team on Saturday when they know, okay, this is conference play. We took care of non-con going 12-1, and one, but that's over. This is this is really where your money's yeah, made. I, this uh, is where I, all eyes I, I are going to so. be. Your games are going to be televised. The Big 12 Conference has so much national respect that you're going to get the benefit of the doubt if you just if you win the games you're supposed to win. If you, if you win your home games, you're going to be a, a top six seed. Yeah, and I guess to their to their credits, the four biggest non-conference games you've played, what, Arkansas would be one, uh, Providence would be one, USC would be one, and, and North Carolina would be the other. And you didn't play well against UNC, but in the other three, it you, you, you feels like you did start fast and you played well. So the tougher opponents they've played outside of their one loss this year, they've, uh, they've played pretty good basketball. But Big 12's no joke once again, and it starts on Saturday, man. Would be nice to uh, get off on the right foot and get a win against yeah. Iowa State because week from Saturday, oh boy, you uh, you go to the fog, take on a really good Kansas team. Well, and that and that game again just ra- gets ratcheted up even more. Yeah, if you go in, if you end up losing one of your one of your first two conference games, and you go in as the 18th ranked team or 20th ranked team into that matchup, sure, still a big game. But if you're able to bring a top 10 matchup into the fog. I mean, it's just it's a whole different it's a whole different situation, Tyler. I'll be there, man. Uh, I'll be there for the final time in a long time, for final time in a while that OU is going to play in Lawrence. See if they can snap that thirty-year uh, losing streak in uh, in Lawrence. But it's been a lot of fun. Five p.m. on Saturday against Iowa State. See if they can get off to a 
faster start than these past two games. But athleticism uh, continues to not be an issue for this team. Not only are they better, and Bob said this yesterday, as soon as Bob Stoops is getting off the air, is like, hey, how about that OU basketball team? Bob wants to tell you about OU basketball as much as possible because he knows they're better like everyone else, but he also thinks they're really exciting to watch, and he's not wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, I'm glad you bring it up. Fun to watch. It's different. This is a different team than last year. If you made it out to a game last year and you, you saw a lot of ball stopping, things like that, it's not the same team. I promise you. Come out to the LNC on Saturday. 5 p.m., LNC, OU, and Iowa State. Final hour of the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Hey, Sooner fans, we've got 